Hello everyone and welcome back to the Let's Talk Sports Podcast. I'm CJ Pullins along with my brother Brandon and today is another installment of the MLB. Uh, we have a couple topics to talk about tonight along with a new sort of segment of a fun fact that we are going to start doing uh, at the beginning of these episodes. And so um, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So our fun facts for today's episode is um there's this uh player who is currently uh in free agency but in 2017 broke a record that uh is very was very very impressive and one that if it's ever broken again probably will not be for a very long time the person's name is tyler olson he holds an incredible record a uh, record that you know no one might even know about in uh, 2017 while in Cleveland in 20 innings across 30 appearances Olsen didn't give up a single run uh, 20 innings he had 13 hits 6 walks 18 strikeouts but 0 runs those 20 innings are the most innings any pitcher has thrown in a season without giving up any earned run in the expansion era since 1969. So, um, yeah, I just thought that'd be uh, really interesting. I didn't know it, and Brandon, I knew that. I know that you didn't know that either. Right, and CJ, I want to give a little um, background on that. This requires you to have, in order to qualify for this um, record, you have to have pitched a minimum of 25 different times in a season. So that's why he qualifies for this. He pitched in 30 different games in the 2017 season. He that he totaled 20 innings without allowing a run the entire season. Now 30 appearances is not a lot, but to never allow a run, that's pretty good. Also to note that he, they went to the postseason that that year. He also made three postseason appearances and did not allow a run then either. So he is the, to clarify, CJ, what you're saying, he is the only pitcher who has made more than 25 appearances in a season to not allow a run. Yes, and that is, you know, very, very impressive. You don't really ever see that. Uh, like I said, the last time that happened was in 1969. Um, but this was the first time in the expansion era. Okay. So that's the short fun fact. Our uh, main topic that we're going to talk about tonight is about the New York Yankees. Uh, the New York Yankees are pretty much undoubtedly the best team in baseball right now. Uh, their current record is at 27-9. and And it's just, it's very rare that we see a team do this. And they've they're on pace to get about... 122 games by the end of the season and Brandon that would break the I believe that would break the all-time record for most wins in a season and so where you know what is this team doing or not doing that might make them just so much uh, better than everybody else currently yeah, CJ, and just to clarify, the most wins ever in a single season by an MLB team is the 2001 and 1906 Chicago Cubs. They both won 116 games 
in their seasons. The New York Yankees are currently on pace to win 123. If they were to keep that pace, that's the most wins a team has ever received in one year. Now, CJ, we know the New York Yankees by nickname. And Aaron Judge and Juan Carlos Stanton sort of fit this bill. And that nickname is Bronx Bombers. And that's what we've been used to in the past, these past about 10 years or so. We know the Yankees love to hit, and they love to hit the ball far. What we also know that comes with that is a low batting average and a lot of strikeouts. Now, CJ, what we need to talk about now is why are the Yankees winning way more than anyone else? They already have a five-game lead in the AL East standings. Halfway through May, they're 27 wins. And they are have a they have a seventy five a point seven five win percentage, which is absurd in baseball. So good. And CJ, so let's dive in a little bit. Currently, they are fourth in runs scored, eighth in batting average, first in slugging percentage, and fourth in on base percentage. We usually expect that from the Yankees hitters. They it's not the average. They are higher in average this year than what we would expect. But the home runs, the on-base percentage, the slugging percentage, we sort of understand that that comes with being a Yankee. Now, let's switch to pitching. This is the reason the Yankees are winning. Not only are they hitting that well, they are also number one in the MLB and ERA at 2.76 runs per game. Their offense, on average, scores four runs a game. Their pitchers give up 2.7 runs a game. That means they're going to win. They're fourth in whip, and they are fourth in batting average against. They can pitch, and they can hit. Aaron Judge has 14 home runs and 315 batting average. Juan Carlos Stanton, his batting average is 288. That is extremely high for him. Anthony Rizzo has 10 home runs and six doubles. Josh Donaldson has... Eight doubles as well with a 250 average. DJ LeMahieu's hitting well. They're all around the board. They're hitting. Now, they're pitching. One guy that no one expected this greatness from this year was Nestor Cortez, starting pitcher with the best mustache in baseball. He has absolutely came out and surprised everyone at how well he has done. He has started seven games. He is 3-0. and with a point zero or a zero point eight WAR so far, he has given up 29 hits and 36 innings, which has given him a 1.1 WAR, which is right on pace for MLB average. But <clears throat> CJ, he's doing so with only having an ERA of 1.35, and that is amazing. And Nestor Cortez is pitching lots out. Now, they also have Garrett Cole, who is pitching amazing. Jameis Italian is pitching pretty good himself. He already has four wins. And then their bullpen of Chad Green, Aroldis Chapman, Wendy Peralta, and Miguel Castro. I mean, they're just shutting everyone down. The Yankees are playing good baseball, and if you're not a Yankees fan, you better be scared of them because they can play and they're for real. Yes, definitely, and uh, I want to go over something that uh, Aaron Judge was quoted, was quoted saying after he hit the uh, two home run 
uh, he had two home runs the other night um, in the game. And after the game, he was quoted saying, uh, there's no stopping this team. We want to play two or more games a night if we can. We've got a special group here. And so I feel like, Brandon, that showed that they have a, that uh, the team, especially him, have a lot of confidence. And when you have confidence, uh, not cockiness per se, but when you have confidence in knowing your capability and how uh, well you can perform, that uh, creates a good mood around the dugout and to all the guys. And so that'll definitely promote you know them playing uh even better you know because the better something i've learned is that the better that you know the mindset is around you and your team the uh more relaxed people are going to be and the more you know the more games you're going to win Absolutely. and so yeah and so that's definitely uh, a big part of it and you know the Yankees, like you said, they've had the style of the big power hitters. Uh, it's It's been power or nothing, kind of, with uh, pretty good pitching lately. Uh, we've saw pitchers, you know, like, you know, we see Garrett Cole, and we see Dulles Chapman, you know, they've kept a pretty good uh, starting rotation along with a good bullpen. And so, when you have that, and then this year you said they started to add that hitting for average a little more. It's not just a power or nothing. They have the power, but they also have the on-base percentage. And when you have all that put together, you're going to win a whole lot of ball games. Uh, like we said, currently they are 27-9. and I think you said a .75 uh, win percentage, which is, you know, it's very, very good. On track to be the best, uh, as far as record goes, team in baseball. And it's it's going to be exciting to see you know like what they can do, and yeah and yes it's baseball and it all could go sideways at some point this summer, but when you're nearly a quarter through the season and still on pace to win 122 123 games, it's more fair I guess to know that it seems like a you know a set for history like a moment in history that this team is going to be looked at uh, for years to come. And we really could have something special here, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely, CJ. And so something else I wanted to talk about, we went into their batting, we went into their pitching. Now, I also want to put a key focus point on their defense. Now, the New York Yankees do not have anyone on their team that is wildly known for playing good defense, or great defense, I'm sorry. They've got two historically known good defenders in Anthony Rizzo at first base and Josh Donaldson at third base. No one else really pops off the page at you and says gold glove. But, CJ, there's something that I need to point out is they are playing very solid, error-free defense. When my time with Tennessee Tech in college, our defensive infield defensive coach always said, "If you, if your fielding percentage at the end of the year is better than a .98, then we will be number one in the league." And CJ, a .98 fielding percentage means out of every thousand 
chances you get, you only make 20 errors. The New York Yankees right now, are their fielding percentage is a .989. That means out of every 1,000, 1,000 balls that are hit, they only make 11 errors, which is tremendous. That is very good. They are playing very solid defense. They only average one error every two and a half games. Now, you think about that as a pitcher. Not only is this offense going out and scoring you four runs a game, four and a half runs a game, they're also not going to make any mistakes on defense only once every two and a half games. So that gives you so much confidence as a pitcher knowing all you have to do is do your job, win every pitch, let the defense do its job, and then go in the dugout and let the offense do its work. So, C.J., the Yankees are having a blast right now. Everyone's playing good. They're feeding off of each other, and they're dangerous right now. They're very dangerous. And, Brandon, I want to uh, – you were just talking about the fielding percentage and how they've been doing very well. I uh, So I quickly looked up what's the uh, best fielding percentage by – a single-season team of all time, and it is the 2013 Baltimore Orioles, excuse me, with a .991. Right, right, okay. So if the season we're in today, CJ, they are .002 points away from that. So, yeah, one of the best, you know, defensive teams of all time, I guess you could say. Uh, so far, of course, the, te- the season's it's still early. Right, and that's um, that's the point of this, right? The season's very early, but they are doing better than anyone else in all three categories. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're uh, 36 games in, 162 games in the season. You know, uh, anything uh, can go sideways. They can get better, they can get worse, or they can stay the same, who knows. Um, but I have high expectations this team, I've never really been the Yankees fan, per se, but I do expect them to be very good going to the playoffs and make a good playoff run. I feel like this year, above any other year, is theirs. And I feel like mainly it'll be it'll come down to them and the Dodgers, because uh, we know the Yankees are on top in the American League and the Dodgers are on top of the National League. And so, um, Brandon, I just want to ask you that real quick. Say, um, hypothetically... The Yankees and the Dodgers are in a seven-game series. Who do you think would come out on top? Well, CJ, I can only go with my recency bias and tell you by watching them play so far this season, the Yankees are the best team in baseball, and they would beat the they would beat the Dodgers in five games. Um, it's just there no one else is playing on their level right now. The Dodgers are playing the best of the National League, and in my opinion, they don't even come close to the New York Yankees. And I know that. In the past, we, you and I have always talked poorly on the Yankees. We do not care for them as a franchise um, as a whole, their history as a franchise as a whole. But as baseball fans, we have to be willing to say that this team in New York is very good. And, CJ, I, they're the best right now. I would have to give it to the Yankees. Yeah, and how much of a kind of surprise they've been uh, not we definitely. I remember talking about them before the season started, uh, back when spring training was going on. We knew that they were going to be a very good team. Uh, you had specifically talked about defensively they were going to be very good this year, and you were right. But 
we had said the Dodgers are gonna be the team. Uh, we both agreed on that. We didn't. We did not expect the Yankees to be this good. Um, right, CJ. We yeah. we would not have been surprised to be talking about the New York Yankees being in first place. That's not what's surprising to us. What's surprising to us is how much better they are than everybody else. Yeah, how far ahead they are in first place. So yeah. Uh, definitely uh, a little surprising, uh, kind of impressive, and you know, just very impressive to see that, and excited to see this club uh, play in the f- play in the future. Uh, personally, my favorite is Anthony Rizzo. I really, I really like him. I liked him uh, when he was on the Cubs too. I like, I like watching him play. And so, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely excited. Uh, and just for the entire season, you know, like I said, the season's still fresh, and we've seen some good games so far. We've seen some really good games. So, Brandon, I'm going to let you go over just a little bit of the stuff going on in the MLB uh, currently. Okay, yeah, and CJ, to start that off, I want to give us a little background of how everyone's doing in the league so far, the standings in both the American League and the National League. And then as I go over each division, I'm just going to quickly ask if any team, where they're standing, like which team out of that division surprises you today? We don't have to go in depth on them. I just want to know, like, as I'm talking about the five teams in each division, which one jumps out at you? And we'll start in the American League in the AL East. So the Yankees, we just talked about them. That's why we'll start with them. They are in first place with a 27-9 and record. Five games over the Rays, who are 23-15. and 15. The, And the reason why I wanted to start with them is because the Tampa Bay Rays are a very good baseball team. Very good. It's just unfortunate that they're in the Yankees division. So, the, CJ, right now the Rays, I would say they're the second – they're probably the third best team in the American League. It's just unfortunate they're in the same division as the best team in the American League. So – and then you've got the Yankees and the Rays. And then at seven and a half games back, you've got the Blue Jays in third place. Red Sox at 14 and 22, 13 games back. And then the Orioles at 14 and 23 at 13 and a half games back. And CJ, I'll go ahead and tell you mine. My original pick for the playoffs was the Red Sox. I thought they were going to come out and surprise a lot of people. Well, I've been the one that's surprised so far. They have absolutely stunk. Has any other team stuck out to you so far? Um, well, the Rays, uh, definitely, uh, definitely. But mainly, I want to say the Blue Jays. Uh, their record currently is 20-17, and 17, you know, uh, just a few games above 500. But what surprised me the most is how well I've seen these young players that they have in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and uh, Gert... Uh, Guriel. Guriel. Yeah, sorry, I can't, I can't pronounce that name well. But, uh, yeah, these you know, they're pretty young players, and how well I've seen them be able to not only lead a team, but to be doing having above 500 record in probably the best division in baseball right now. You know, it's very tough. We've seen the Red Sox struggle with this because they're facing such these other great teams so many times. But the Yankees versus Blue Jays series that we've seen so far have been some of the best games to watch this season. And I'm proud of how the Blue Jays have just shown how they can hang with these bigger teams. Uh, 
I didn't expect them to be able to be, you know, this dominant. I've seen some of their games and they're winning, you know, eight, nine points at a time. And so they've definitely surprised me. The yeah, Blue Jays. absolutely. All right, the next one is the AL Central. The Twins are number one in this division at 22 and 16. They are the only team that is above 500. The next team is the second place team, the White Sox at 18 and 18. They're right at 500. Then the Guardians are 16 and 18 at four games back. Then the Royals have only won 13 games. They're seven and a half games back. And the Tigers have also only won 13 games. They are nine games back. They have played more games than the Royals. That's why they are further back. CJ, do any of these teams kind of shock you at where they're standing? Uh, yes, but this one that I'm picking is more of a disappointment, kind of. So, uh, we didn't go over this on the podcast, but I had predicted the Kansas City Royals to finish second in this division by the end of the year. I thought the White Sox would be number one, and then the Royals would be number two. Now, the Twins alone have surprised me. They've done a lot better than I thought they would. We know a couple years ago, they led the, they led the league uh, in, uh, you know, wins for a while, and then uh, they followed short. Uh, that definitely surprises. But the Kansas City Royals, I felt, have disappointed a lot of people. I expected them to be a whole lot better this year. Uh, you know, they have Salvador Perez, and then they have a bunch, bunch of new prospects that they got from um, the past couple years, and they had a very a good draft last year and so yeah I'm, I'm surprised to see them having such a you know negative record this year I thought that this was going to be kind of a comeback year for them we know they struggled a couple years uh, their last really good year was in 2015 um, but I thought this was going to be a comeback year but so far we're just not seeing it yep CJ I have to agree all right the next division is the AL West uh, two teams are tied at the top of this division. I'm sorry, they are tied in wins. But the Astros are in first place. They have played less games than the Angels, so they are technically one game ahead. The Astros have 24 wins. The Angels, who are one game back, also have 24 wins, but they have two more losses. That's why they're a game back. And then third, bla- third place, the Texas Rangers, who I picked for the worst team in baseball. So they're, tell- they're showing me that they're not going to be the worst. Uh, Seattle Mariners also have 16 wins, and the Athletics also have 16 wins. They are all three at the bottom of that division. CJ? Brandon, let me tell you, it's pretty you know, tough to pick one here because the Astros and Angels, we knew they would do really good. They've been doing pretty good. And we knew teams like the Mariners and the A's and the Rangers probably weren't going to do that great. And... So, really, it's kind of tough, but I'm going to pick with the Rangers. Uh, like you said, we didn't expect them to be uh, that great. Now, they did uh, uh, um, get Corey Seager over the offseason, uh, which he's been looking pretty good so far, um, but it just hasn't been enough, really, to get them to that 500-plus mark. But they're, they've got more wins than I thought they would. I thought they would be... Like you said, towards the bottom of the league, but no, they're hanging. They're still hanging in there. Uh, their goal right now probably is to get up to that 500 mark and pass it. But yeah, I expected them to not still be this uh, this good. But no, they're still in there. 
Yep, CJ. All right, and we're moving right along. We're now to the National League, and we'll start with the National League East. First place is the New York Mets at 24 wins and 14 losses. Six games behind them are the Marlins and Phillies, both tied at 17 and 19. Then the Atlanta Braves are seven games back at 17 and 21. And then the bottom of that division is the Nationals with a record of 12 and 26. Okay, so Brandon, uh, the team that surprises me is uh, the, the the division leaders, the New York Mets. So their record is uh, 24 and 14. Their win percentage is uh, .632. And Brandon, we know that their pitching was going to be dominant uh, for sure. We know they had the best one-two pitching combination uh, in baseball. We knew that before even coming into the season with Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. They have shown to be that. But the thing that surprised me is their offense. Their offense has been very good. A whole lot better than I expected them to be. I thought there was just going to be a lot of low-scoring games when you saw them play. But no, it's the other teams got a pretty low score and they got a pretty high score. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty surprising to see their offense doing so well. Uh, this It's what we expected from their pitching, but their offense has definitely surprised me. So, yeah, the Mets are definitely the most surprising out of that division. Right, CJ. And um, so next we're going to go on to the NL Central. The top of this division is also the same record as the New York Mets. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. They are 24-14. and 14. Three games behind them is Albert Pujols and the St. Louis Cardinals at 20-16. and 16. Then we have the Cubs, seven and a half games back at 15-20. and 20. The Pirates are eight games back at 15-21. and 21. And then the current worst team in Major League Baseball is the Cincinnati Reds at 10 and 26, 13 games back. CJ, I just I've got to share a stat from this past week. The Reds no hit the Pirates last week and lost. The Pirates won a game against the Cincinnati Reds last week and didn't even get a hit. That's how bad Cincinnati is. CJ, does anyone else stand out to you? Um well, I'm going to go with uh the Pittsburgh Pirates. I feel like, you know, they're 15 and 21. Uh, there are eight games back in their division. Let's see, that's six games below 500. Not very great, you know. Fourth in the division, not very great. But, however, I did not predict them to even have this much. I thought they were going to stay in the single digits for probably, you know, at least in, until a little bit of late May got here. And they've already they're already at 15 wins. Now, it's not... Like I said, they're not doing that hot, but I expected them to be the worst team in baseball by far, and uh, they haven't shown that, so I guess I could say they've done maybe not well, but better than expected, because uh, I expected them to be a lot worse than what they are. So, yeah. Okay, CJ, thank you. And the last division to talk about is the NL West. And... We currently have the Dodgers in first place at 25 and 12. After them, one and a half games back is the San Diego Padres at 23 and 13. And then three games back, we have the San Francisco San Francisco Giants at 22 and 15. Seven games back, we have the Colorado Rockies at 18 wins, 19 losses. And then eight games back 
are the Arizona Diamondbacks for 18 wins, 21 losses. CJ? Okay, so here I'm going to go with uh, the third place and the third place team in the division, the San Francisco Giants. Um, I, you know, we, me at least, I didn't think that they would be a very dominant team this year. I thought that they might, it still might take just maybe a couple years before they really started to become good, as like really good as far as playoffs, deep playoff runs go. Uh, with the loss of, I believe, uh, Chris Bryant going to their division rival, the Rockies. But no, they are 22-15, and 15, uh, seven games above 500, three games back in the division. A uh, very good uh, division here with the Dodgers, Padres as well. And so, yeah, they've definitely surprised me doing better than I expected them to. And so, yeah, uh, the Giants are making some noise out in San Francisco. Yep. All right, CJ. So that covers all of our standings currently. A little bit of news around the league that I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, the Diamondbacks traded and got Paul Fry, pitcher, reliever, relieving pitcher from the Orioles today. Chris Paddock, pitcher for the Twins, one of their aces, uh, just got told that he has to go. He had to have Tommy John surgery, and that surgery was today. Nationals are starting to field offers for Juan Soto. So they are hearing what people have to offer for Juan Soto. People argue he is the best, the youngest best player in the Major League Baseball, and that is anyone that is under the age of 23. Um, And then I wanted to talk about, I'm not going to say names, but there was an allegation where former Yankees third-round pick was released today after he was accused of stealing his teammates' equipment and selling it, he is current. He was currently a Double A player for the New York in the New York Yankees organization, and he was released today amid those allegations. Another um, topic to dis- uh, I wanted to go over was Bryce Harper, right fielder for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, has a tear in his ulnar collateral ligament which is the UCL, or otherwise known as the Tommy John elbow. Um, Since he is a hitter, he can still hit, so he is going to take six weeks off of throwing, and he is just going to DH for those six weeks to see if that heals anymore. Um, CJ, that is all of the news that I have around the league uh, at this time. Okay, Brandon. Thank you for that. So we're going to jump into our... Last thing here, it is trivia. And so, Brandon, uh, if you're ready, I'm ready with some questions. Yes, CJ, I'm ready. Okay, and of course, we got MLB. So, this one I found uh, pretty interesting. So, what do you think the average lifespan of a baseball in a major league game is in a certain amount of pitches? CJ, I would say the lifespan is four pitches. It is actually seven pitches. Okay. Um, more than I thought. Yeah, that was a lot more than I thought too, because you know, just about every foul ball is a new ball. So. Yep, every foul ball is a new mm-hmm. ball, and CJ. Most of the time, pitchers are so picky <laughs> that if a ball even touches the dirt, they refuse to use it. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, maybe it's showing how much better uh, pitchers are getting uh, with throwing away from contact now. So maybe that could be a part of it. But, Brandon, uh, let's go to some milestone 
trivia here. Who was the first player to reach 4,000 career hits? Oh, boy. The first person? Yes. Ty Cobb. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think there's... CJ, I think there's only two players that have ever done it, and it's Ty Cobb and Pete Rose. And so um, Ty Cobb, of course, played in the early 1900s, so that's why I chose him. Yeah. Okay. True or false? Lou Gehrig holds the record for the most career Grand Slams. Most career Grand Slams? Oh, man. I would think with him hitting behind Babe Ruth, he would not have that many. Huh. I want to say false. It is false, Brandon. He is in second place with 23. The first place uh, player has 25. Do you have any idea who it is? Is he a more recent player or is he an old timer? Uh, t- 2000s, 2010s. Barry Bonds? No. Okay, then I'm not sure. It is Alex Rodriguez. Wow, okay. That is a stat I did not know. Yeah. Both New York 20- Yankees. Kind of crazy. Yeah. It's that uh, power aspect that we were talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Alex Rodriguez has 25 Grand Slams, which is a whole lot. And Lou Gehrig has uh, second place with 23. CJ, that's still surprising to me. I w- with him batting fourth in the lineup and Babe Ruth batting third, I would have thought that Babe Ruth hit so many home runs that he would not have chances for Grand Slams. Um, little yeah. side uh Fun fact for you, back then, their numbers they wore on their jerseys were correlated to with what order they batted in the lineup. That's why Babe Ruth wore number three. That's why Lou Gehrig wore number four. That's why Yogi Berra wore number eight. So just a little fun fact for you. Yep. Okay. Um, true or false, Randy Johnson holds the record for the most career strikeouts. That is false. That would be Nolan Ryan. Yes. Um, do you have any idea how many strikeouts Nolan Ryan has? Uh, 5,700? Yes, he does. Yep. 5,714. Do you have any idea how many Randy Johnson has? I would say Randy Johnson has over 4,000, so maybe 4,400, but that's just a guess. I'm not sure. It's pretty close. It is 4,800. Okay. Still, That's yeah. still a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's a whole lot. Uh, Nolan Ryan got that in 27 years. So, yeah, it's a whole lot. Okay. The next question is, who hit more home runs during their career? Manny Ramirez or David Ortiz? CJ, I would say David Ortiz hit more home runs. It's actually Manny Ramirez. As Do you he have hit. the numbers? Wow. He, he Manny Ramirez hit 555. David Ortiz was close, but comes up short as he hit 541. Okay. I would, if you would have asked me if I thought Manny Ramirez hit over 500, I would have told you no. I did not know he hit that many. Yeah, I didn't think of him as that much of a power hitter. But I, I knew I he think was of, a power hitter, but I didn't think he played that, or I, I didn't think he played that long. Yeah. And uh, David Ortiz, you know, when you think about him, when I think about him, I think of just home runs after home runs. Right. So, yeah. But that's interesting. Okay. 
1998, David Wells of the New York Yankees threw a perfect game. Which team was this against? Oh, okay. Uh, perfect game. David Wells threw that. It was the 15th perfect game in history. And uh, the New York Yankees won the game 4 to nothing. Okay. He, sh- he struck out 11 batters. And this was the only no-hitter or perfect game that Wells pitched in his career. Baltimore Orioles. That is uh, wrong. It is actually the Minnesota Twins. Okay, I have no clue. I had no yeah. clue who that was. Yeah, that that's a more, you know, hard one. Okay, uh, let's see here. Okay, so we got which team won the first World Series in nineteen oh three? First World Series would have been, um. CJ, 1903, the first World Series winner would have been the Boston Braves. It was the Boston Americans, which I'm not sure if that is the same team. It could. It says the Boston Americans won the first World Series in 1903. They defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, five games to three. Uh, okay, so, okay, so CJ, it was that the, is the same organization. They just changed the name. Yeah, yeah. it says here the Boston Americans would uh, subsequently change their name in 1908 to the Boston Red Sox. Okay, so that means the Red Sox technically won the first ever World Series. Oh, sorry about that. But, uh, no, okay. CJ, so technically the Boston Braves and the, the other team, they're the, not the same team on the record books because they have different names, but they're the same organization, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's a more confusing one, I guess, but the Boston Americans at the time was their official name. Right, yeah. Okay. And, uh, okay, so the next one is Cal Ripken Jr. holds the record for the most consecutive games played in history at 2,632. What year was this streak broken? What year did he break this streak? Um, CJ, I... And uh, the person who had the record before was Lou Gehrig, who had played 2,130 games. Right, and so I would say this was broken in 1986. It was actually 1998. <laughs> okay. I, could, I wasn't sure when... Cal Ripken actually played. Yeah. But that, CJ, that is, uh, there are two records, in my opinion, that will never be broken in Major League Baseball. One is Cal Ripken's Ironman record for playing that many times without missing a game. That will never be broken again. And the other one is Bo Bichette's father, Dante Bichette, hit two grand slams in one inning. That Mm -hmm. record will also never be broken. Yeah, I uh, heard about that. The two Grand Slams in one inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just to get that lucky to have that opportunity would be absolutely insane. Right, and it's not going to be possible for someone to get it three times, so that's another. That's a record that will never be broken. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, the next question is, which player was the first ever MLB Rookie of the Year award winner? 
first ever in, Rookie of the Year award? Yes, in 1947. Oh, my. 1947? Mm-hmm. CJ, that's a long time ago. Um, it's a very iconic uh, MLB player. 1947? Okay, give me a second here. i got to think of what was going on that time of the year or that that I mean I know there was the World War Two had just ended. So segregation segregation was going on. Jackie Robinson. Yes, it was okay. Jackie Robinson. <laughs> sorry. Jackie Robinson. It, it took me a minute to get there, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jackie Robinson was the first ever rookie of the year award winner in nineteen forty seven. This came after he broke the color barrier in the MLB. Yes, okay. Uh, the next question is, which position did Babe Ruth play other than outfield? Pitcher. Yes, Babe Ruth was actually a pitcher when he played for the Boston Red Sox. He had uh, the lowest ERA in all of the American League in 1916. Okay. So, the next question is, who finished their career with more hits? Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, or Willie Mays? Oh, boy. They all three had over 3,000, I think. Yes, they did. It's very, very close. Derek Jeter did not have very many more than 3,000. I do not think A-Rod did either, so I'm going to say Willie Mays. It's actually Derek Jeter. Okay. He had 3,400. Willie Mays had 3,200. And Alex Rodriguez had 3,100. Okay. I knew A-Rod barely made it over, but I didn't realize Derek Jeter... Had 3,400. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but very close to all three of them. So, yeah. Uh, okay, let's, let's see here. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays joined the MLB in 1977. Which other franchise also joined that same year? 1977? Yes. Okay. CJ, I'm going to say the Montreal Expos. It is actually the Seattle Mariners. Okay, that was a hard question. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know they came in that late, though. Uh, CJ, I believe they're one of the few teams that have never won a World Series. Yeah. yeah I believe probably. the Seattle Mariners have never won the World Series. Yeah, did they win one with... Uh, King Griffey Jr.? No, I do not believe so. Okay. Okay. Uh, they may be one of the only teams to never have been to a World Series. Okay. Uh, I will look that up here in a second. Um, but the next question is, how many games long was Joe DiMaggio's legendary hitting streak? 56 games in a row. Yes, this is a record that still stands to today. And, Brandon, do you ever think it will be beaten? CJ, I really don't. Um, that is a record that is very hard. If it is broken, I would guess that it's going to come with a year split. So you get 20 to end a year, and then you get 37 to begin the next year, which still does count as a hitting streak. So that that's the only way I could see it happening. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's crazy. Fifty-six games. 
wow, that's just some consistency right there. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so the next question is, who won the World Series MVP when the St. Louis Cardinals won in 2011? David Eckstein? It is David Freeze. Freeze. Oh, man. I got the first name right. Okay. <laughs> he had uh, seven RBIs during the 2011 World Series. He also hit a walk-off home run in the 11th to win the Cardinals game six. Yep. The Cardinals defeated the Texas Rangers in seven games to win. That's a that's pretty interesting uh, hitting a grand, not a grand slam, but a hitting a home run walk off to force a game seven. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. It reminds me of in the NBA Ray Allen's big three to force a game seven. But yeah. And Brandon, I looked it up. So the Mariners have never won a World Series. And the teams along with them are the San Diego Padres, Milwaukee Brewers, Texas Rangers, Colorado Rockies, and the Tampa Bay Rays. Right, and the Mariners have also never been to one either. Yeah, no, they have not. So, um, yeah, that's interesting to know. Okay, uh, we'll do a couple more here. Who was the first player to reach 1,000 career stolen bases? The first player? First player. Well, stolen bases did not become popular until I want to say the 60s and 70s. So I'm going to say Henderson. Um, what was his first name? Ricky Henderson. Was it him? Yes, it was Ricky Henderson. Okay. He actually had 1,406 stolen bases in his career. Right. He also has the single season record. That's why I thought it might be him. Yeah, and the next closest is Lou Brock, who finished with 938. So, I mean, Ricky Henderson, you know, blown everyone out of the water in that category. Um, yeah, known for his speed and his good defense in center field. Okay, uh, so we'll do this. will be the last question here. How many total home runs did Barry Bonds end his career with? 762. Yes, and it still stands as a record. Yeah. I was okay. watching the game live when he broke Hank Aaron's home run. One of the greatest sporting things that I've gotten to witness live. I was not at the game, of course, but I was watching it on TV. And when he hit that ball in San Francisco, he hit it over Triple's alley into the right center field gap. And that ball probably went 420 feet, but he never left the batter's box. As soon as he hit it, he just threw his arms up because he knew that he just crushed it. And I remember that Walker on the bases took him like five minutes. It was pretty something. It was something special to watch. No matter your opinions on Barry Bonds, it was still pretty cool to see. Yes, yes, of course. And you know, seven hundred sixty-two. Uh, still, Hank Aaron was. You know, it's pretty close. It's not too much more than Hank Aaron. No, yeah, um, he was definitely just trying to play a little bit longer so he could break the record. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so uh. Brandon, is there anything else you would like to add before we close out here? Nope, CJ, that covers it. 
Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening, and um, don't forget to tune in next week for more of the sports news going on around. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.